and we're back. So we're back with another episode of Crypto Casuals, where the big man to my left, Cage and I, we, we wanted to create a show. We wanted to create a show for the everyday man and woman, traditional collectors, you know, people who've, you know, collected shoes, hats, cards, all that stuff. And they're hearing a little bit about this NFT buzz, but they're not sure what to make of it, right? There's so much noise. There's so much smoke. And we wanted to provide an outlet for people. Hopefully, this conversation is one of those conversations that you guys could come back to time and time again, uh, where there's tremendous value, where there's tremendous kind of stories of, hey, this is how I came from sports cards to collecting shoes to now NFTs. And I can't think of a better guy to have here. This is actually someone we met, Cage and I, at the Hofstra show, at the Hofstra sports card show. So put that into context here, guys. Sports card collector, NFT guy, tons of value. Stanley Mayton. I hope I pronounced that name right, but just a okay. wealth, a wealth of knowledge. Stanley, I, I want to hit, hit right off the bat. You know, you have a million things going. You guys have an awesome podcast called Goats Only. How did you get into NFTs? Do you remember like the first day, the first introduction? What got you into NFTs? Because you're a traditional collector. Uh, one of my best friends called me up and said, hey, I'm thinking about buying a crypto pop. I said, I don't really know what a crypto punk is. He said, either do I, but I think it's next big play. Um, I said, can you give me a little bit more background? All I know is it's an NFT and it's the first ever NFT. The way it was explained to me was it's like owning the Michael Jordan rookie card in a PSA 10. There's only 10,000 of them ever made, and we're going to buy it. And I said, what what, what, do you, what what are we buying? What's an NFT? He said, it's like a digital image. I was confused. But this is somebody I trusted. This is somebody that got me into sports cards. I called up my other bot, bot buddy, Yasi, who I co-host, goes in the Metaverse show with, and I said, who's been in crypto since 2012 or 13. I said, dude, what's a CryptoPunk? He said, CryptoPunk is the NFT you wanna own if you wanna get into the NFT space. Now, Yasi was trying to get me into the space for like a few years now and was telling me about Bitcoin and Ethereum and all these great things. And I'm just like, yeah, 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 yeah. You should really check out sports cards. But, you know, I had success in sports cards and I said, listen, I." What if this is the next big thing? And why wouldn't I diversify? And the concept of this is the first NFT and there's only 10,000 of them. And obviously I went ahead and did my research and everybody I asked and said, CryptoPunk, what does that mean to you? First ever NFT created. That's like owning the first ever honus, right? Like you have a chance at history. And that's how I looked at it. And from as a card collector, it clicked for me, even though 10,000 is a big number. Very big number. But at the same time, it's the first ever, right? Like it's the first ever sports card. It's the first ever NFT. It made sense to me. It's interesting. Your story is not, um, it's not too rare. Like that's how many people have been getting into the space. It's just that phone call from a trusted friend, a trusted advisor to say, Hey, I'm not sure what's on the other side of this, right? Because it's, I think, I think it's important to admit this. We still don't know what NFTs fully are and what fully are capable. We're 
kind of in this in this period of we've seen a few of them go astronomical in price. We've seen quite a few scams, but the actual utility and the actual use case of it is still yet to be determined. But it's always interesting to me what makes somebody, you know, kind of risk averse, I would say in your case, versus somebody who would get that same phone call and be like, I'll jump into this in three, four years when it's a little bit more developed. A hundred percent. I mean, I have a different outlook on it, right? Like I look at, I have friends of mine who are financial advisors and who played the stock market and they're like, Hey, we're up 68%. That's not interesting to me. Um, what's more interesting to me is bigger gains. The way I look at it is 68%. I'll continue reinvesting to myself and my businesses and I could up those returns. That's how I always looked at it. Um, but when I'm looking at something saying 10 X returns, 20 X returns, 50 X returns, hundred X returns. And we're talking about in a short period of time. Yes. There's a lot more risk involved, but at the same time, you know, I looked at my kids, I looked at them playing Fortnite and buying skins. And when I first saw it, I thought it was stupid. But then when I started playing Fortnite with my kids, I said, I kind of think it's, there's no reason why I won't spend 10, 20, $30 on a skin. Right, because it's kind of cool. It makes it interesting. It makes it fun, right? Like, it's no different than me going and spending thirty bucks or fifty bucks on a movie, right? So, that outlook on skins and looking at NFTs was like, well, now I could actually own this character that may be in a video game, right? And I own him. I have like, like he's mine. That, that's how I looked at NFTs. Cage. Ian comes to you, he says, for Christmas this year, I want an Oculus. And I want you to buy me a Mebit so that I can exist in the metaverse. What do you say to him? I'll tell him Mebits are stupid. Let's get you something better. But but, but, but the answer, of course, is they're already kind of doing it. You know, I mean, they play Fortnite. They play these games. You know, my kids play Genshin Impact and are always getting additional characters. You know, they're they're already doing it. And, and, you know, people I work with have Oculus. I guess where I go with it, Stanley, I love hearing these stories, right? And Andrew's right. You know, a lot of this stuff starts off with, you know, it's a call. I was reading Twitter today. I'm not going to call out who it was, but I was reading Twitter today. And somebody posted, hey, I joined the crypto NFT space to get myself generational wealth so that I could avoid the rat race. And I could, um, you know, not do a nine to five like everybody else is doing. And I succeeded in that 10 times, 10 times over. And it's somebody who's you know done well and has nice little content for themselves now and you know certain projects kind of you know try to milk them um, for lack of a better way of saying it. But um, yeah, there are people who did do that. There are people who did that six months ago, a year ago, two years ago. There are people who were able to do it. Even yourself, who got that phone call, if you pulled the trigger on that CryptoPunk, you did great, right? There are there are more people out there who were told to buy CryptoPunks when they were, you know, thirty-five to a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> I'm using fiat terms, you know, like you told me to buy one, and I didn't listen because I'm stupid. Um, there, but but the, the the majority of our audience now, they're people who got in the last couple of months, right? And I guess where I go immediately in my brain, that's what makes me an asshole, I guess, is Yes, there are a lot of people in the space who made money. There are a lot of people in the space who were early. And I was telling Andrew about this before. I mean, you could just look at like you look at the charts, right? It's you know, cards is the same thing. You know, a lot a lot of it's the same thing. If you're early enough on something that's successful, it almost didn't matter what you got in. 
price, it didn't make a difference. If you were in this in February, rolling your top shot money into anything that came out, right? Not just CryptoPunks, Bored Apes, Cool Cats, whatever came out over the first half of the year, you did fine, right? You did fine. But what about the people who came in the last couple of weeks? Your your analysis is sound. Your kid is still playing Fortnite. Your kid is still doing skins, right? So so the NFTs that are coming out, the raccoons and the bulls and the winter bears and the whatever the heck else is out there that's coming out, that people they've watched the people who were in it six months before them. And we're not talking about like a generation before them. We're not talking about Horace Wagner here. We're talking about things that are a couple of months old. Yep. Make same legit. calendar year. Isn't Life funny? changing same money, right? We're, we're calling something a blue chip that didn't exist in 2020. It's amazing to think that, right? We're calling things blue chips that are months old, okay? So let's just make sure we're all aware that's what we're doing. Um, and maybe they are blue chips in this space, right? Because maybe months over the course of, you know, a couple of years that the space has been around, maybe that is enough time for something to be established. The metaverse is only two years old, so months. No, is the like... metaverse is like a week old. Mark Zuckerberg oh. invented it last week. So, I but. Meta. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah, sure he did. Uh, he invented the infinity sign. Yeah. Uh, so, but, but for the folks who are listening and Play saying nice themselves, all right, answer. it's still, it's still valid right like like okay so my skin can't be a, a crypto punk because i'm not gonna be able to afford it but i want to get in now and 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 i want to buy a i don't know so a, a, a dumb dog whatever the heck is coming out this week right well well that so here's the i mean and this is the problem with i guess everything right like i i get people hit me up on ig all the time hey can you give me some advice i talk to everybody my dms are always open glad to share any insights and provide value not financial advice. I'm not going to tell you what to buy. But I asked the question of like, okay, you want to buy an NFT. First question is like, how much money do you want to spend, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 then the question is like, what the answer might be? I want to spend 200 bucks, right? And it's like, all right, well, just understand that you spending 200 dollars on an NFT, the chances of you hitting something like big is very very hard. Right. Like it's not where you're not, you're, you're, you're straight up gambling, right? You're putting 200 bucks on, on a roulette wheel and trying to pick a number. Now what you could do, and this is what I say, look, start checking out art that you think is cool. Following designers that you, you know, that have a following and, and, and start buying stuff like that. Right. Because maybe there is a chance that it'll pop, right. That that artist is going to become you know, successful and famous and provide, like continue to blow up, right? But at the same time, now you have something that you can look at and you actually like, enjoy, right? And it's not, you're not following the FOMO or the money grab of a copycat of some NFT that gets launched on a daily basis. That's kind of like what I, my, my, my intake on it is say, that's what I would do. If I had 200 bucks to spend, because you could buy really cool art for $200 and, you know, hopefully it pops, but look at it popping in a year, three years, five years, the, the chances of those NFTs with the raccoons, they're not going to be around in one, three to five years. They probably won't be around in three months in six months and nine months. Now, Coder, you want to give us an update on the raccoons? I know you got a, <laughs> a, a message from uh the developer i didn't mean to cut you off stanley but, our no, but it's, has... you let him right into it right because they're not gonna be around for a year i don't even think they made it a month <laughs> yeah i don't want to give an update on that they they broke my heart 
the there's there was like the one final nail in the coffin was one of the uh, the uh, the founders came onto the Discord and said basically everyone has slowly left the team. We have no intention of ever reviving it again, and we have no intention of giving up any of the rights or the money that we've earned from it. Um, pretty much good luck, everybody. Bye. At least at least they were honest. <laughs> they were honest. Closure. Can I add a filter system that I've developed? I think you need a, and there's probably more buckets than this, but I think you need to filter through these these lenses. This is, is it an anonymous developer team? Okay, that I think of as a penny stock. That 99 of those anonymous developer teams are gonna go to zero, maybe one pops off. Then you have an artist, Damien Hurst, that type of thing, where you know he has he's had a tangible artwork before and now he's moving to the NFT space. Blake Jameson's another one. Okay, that's a little more safe. This guy's established, he's done some stuff. Then you have guys that are kind of like influencers, photographers that have a following that they're also moving to the space, but they're not traditional artists. And then you have business person NFTs, right? I think if you're able to kind of separate those into four or three different buckets, however you want, you're able to analyze the market a little differently and have different expectations. Like a business person's NFT, like Tom Bill use, more than likely, that's going to be a slow kind of steady growth. Uh, the penny stocks, those might go astronomical, but they also might go to zero. Do you agree with that? That's an open-ended question. Cage, Stanley, I want to hear both of your thoughts because I'm just trying to process everything that's going on on my end to make good decisions. Listen, I think I think no matter what, you can make money in NFTs. Let, let's take it a step back. How much time, effort, and energy are you willing to put into this, right? So let's, let, let's, well, that's the problem. Everybody wants a, a one hitter, right? Like everybody wants, you tell me which NFT to buy and then I cash it out, right? Like this is why people, you know, they only have to pick games because they can't do the research themselves. Here, I'm gonna give everybody not financial advice tip of how to make Guaranteed money in the NFT space. Listen to the Whatnot Show with Cage and Andrew every Sunday morning, 10 a.m. I am muted. I'm muting. Everybody who knows us, I do not mute ever. But when somebody says we're going to get guaranteed how to make money, not financial advice. Guaranteed. Not financial, guaranteed. Ready? I'm I, muted. I'm going I'm I'm to tell you. Go to YouTube. Okay. Type in Axie Infinity. Consume 12 hours of content about Axie Infinity. Axie Infinity has done over two and a half billion dollars in sales since existence it's a play to earn video game okay you could buy an axie for anywhere between three hundred dollars and fifteen hundred dollars and you could play axie and make money on your axie okay now here's the best part you could hire somebody in the philippines in in a in a country that doesn't have the same economic wealth as we do to play the video game for you and they could make you money as you sit at home and do all that. okay you could probably make somewhere between three to five hundred dollars a month residual income off your accent now in order to for you to do that you have to do your own research to figure out how do you play the video game axie how do you buy the right axie what is the strategy what actually needs to happen which is not hard to do it takes time and you could go find somebody there's thousands and thousands of people in these countries that want to play this video game full time. Okay. Right now, I'm telling you this. How many people are actually going to take the time, go figure out how to play Axie? I'm going to say less than 10%. It's the research plus finding the right person and steering them in the right direction, right? Like it's, it's a combination of learning how Axie Infinity works 
Right. But but the good thing about Axie is there's literally thousands and thousands. You could go to a, a Twitter search. They call them scholarships. There there's companies that are doing this and you know have dozens and dozens of people that that work for them. There there's more demand to play Axie than supply. Because you know, the national average salary in the Philippines is I don't know, 100 200 bucks a month. So now they can play video games and make 3 to 400 a month or 500 a month. It's a no-brainer for them, right? They can't afford the Axie, so you loan loan them the Axie, right? And you you have a split with them. Give us the one-on-one on this cuz this is this is compelling. And what's good about I mean, Cage, we've done four different shows, right? Uh, on Crypto Casuals, we're just everyone's going to be different from the from the rest. And I think that's because of how like the, this is really the wild wild meta west, so to speak. Where with like with sports cards, it's way easier to okay. I need to find sports cards of these grading companies. I need to go back to the goats. It's a lot simpler here. There's just basically chaos, and you've kind of found what you believe is a little bit of nugget of gold, but you still have to search for those that gold. You find you kind of found the location, but you have to search for it. I mean, you have to do the work, right? Like it's. I mean, I'll give you another tip. Go buy a CryptoPunk. Go spend a half a million dollars in CryptoPunk. Close your eyes, and in ten years, you're you're. It's going to be worth 10, 20, 30x. It, are, it's cool. Are CryptoPunks bulletproof? Because the community certainly feels like they are. I mean, listen, I have spoken to some people who are like it it's 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 like buying a really expensive Rolex or a really expensive Ferrari. We're not, you know, there's investors, there's people that are There's people that are going to buy a CryptoPunk and they're not going to sell it. Like you think Jay-Z is going to sell his CryptoPunk and make a million dollar profit on it? You think he cares about the million? Or do you think he 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 looks at it from a completely cultural perspective and saying, "I associate with this character." Do you so think so I mean, how many of the how many of the 10,000 you think are actually in circulation? You know, you have to be in lost in wallets and the whole nine yards, right? Let's call well, it a lot percent, right? No, so it's called seven thousand. You want to call nine thousand? I think more. The higher yeah, the better. Nine thousand. Let's call nine thousand. I mean, you know, people tweet all the time about that one wallet that has one hundred and forty-one in it that can't be accessed. I figure that's right. one wallet. How many of them are selling? Can be out there. Let's just say all ten thousand are available, right? How many of them are held by Jay Zs? One. Jay Z has one. Not just Jay Z. I'm talking about people like Jay Z. People who are going to fall into the category of they buy it and don't care. Ten percent. Because the rest of them are people who got them free. People who got them, you know, who got them in the beginning, who claimed them. People who bought them on the way up, people who bought them for you know a couple ETH, people who are holding them, and people who have watched them kind of go up. They've probably flipped a bunch recently, but I would imagine probably ten percent is in the hands of the uber rich. There's probably a nice sweet spot in the middle, several thousand that are held by people who, you know, they're well off. But the fluctuation of a crypto punk between two hundred fifty thousand and a million dollars actually means something to them. And then the bottom chunk is probably people who who. This is ninety percent of their wealth. You know sure. what I mean? There's a good chunk that they are. They are crypto punk rich, right? So here's my 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 negative thought on the bulletproof uh, crypto punk, right? And I can't, I, whether this is this is not my take, but just my 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 theory for negative, right? You're right. Those top ten percent, they're never going to sell. That's never going to come to market, right? Right. The board apes are like the next best thing. We've already seen a couple times with a two-day sell-off of board apes go from like fifty to forty, forty to thirty. I think they're sitting at like thirty now. They've gone down into the twenties, and I've seen the floor on those kind of crater over forty-eight hours, where people who are in it at like thirty-three are selling it at like twenty-nine. 
right? It happened in Cool Cats recently. Cool Cats back up to seven as we record this. But one sold for 4.8 yesterday, right? And those things were, you know, for a second, they were touching 20. They had 10. Obviously, this he impresses me too, Stanley. He, so, there's more than meets the eye with him. It's not just perfect oh, air. So what no, I, actually, right? I, I didn't check how much they're worth this morning. I'm glad yeah, seven. Right now, the floor is seven. Um, they were like five and change, six and change, but they're seven right now. Exactly seven as we're recording. Um, but but I, I say that because those are clearly not bulletproof, but they help drive the CryptoPunk and vice versa. You know what I mean? Those are like the next thing. Those are what people can get into. They can trade up to, people can color up to, the people who, are, who have done well in this, that they can't yet get that CryptoPunk, right? I think part and parcel with Bored Ape and CryptoPunks, they kind of moved almost together. Like one pulled the other right and the whole deal. And if, and if apes can move down, there I believe if there's an NFT winter, like we've seen some evidence of potential starting now, right? Where a lot of stuff is going down. People have not made money over the last couple of months. Crypto is going up, but the NFT, you know, value of majority of projects that have come out over the last month or two has gone down, right? So what happens if, if, what happens if those crypto punks, the rich people are not going to sell them. They don't care if it goes up, goes down, you name it. What happens if, you know, that, that middle realizes that, all right, these are not going to double this year. These are not going to quadruple. It's kind of been in the window that it's been in, right? It's kind of been where it is. Let's start selling, right? I'm going to sell a couple. I'm going to sell a couple. And the, the people on the bottom, that good, let's call it 10, 10% quarter, are like, shit, this is my whole wealth. I got to start selling too. It, it wouldn't take much for... I'm not saying for it to crater, man. I'm not saying it's going back down, you know, to thirty thousand or even a hundred thousand or whatever it is fiat fiat prices. But, but it wouldn't take much for a run to start knocking those down, just like it didn't take much for the run to start going up. And the Jay Z holding those, they're almost irrelevant, because just like he's not going to sell, but it goes from five hundred thousand to ten million, he's also not going to sell if it goes from five hundred thousand to a hundred thousand, right? He's not. He, he's he's just irrelevant. So. But, so let me, I mean, I, I don't disagree with what you're saying, but here's some counterpoints. One, I think the Board Ape Yacht Club holders is new money, yes. right? It's people that got in at the right time, they minted it, they bought it for one ETH, two ETH, three ETH, whatever, mm -hmm. yep. right? And you're right, like those guys that, that bought it for one ETH and now it's 30, Yep. right? Like if shit starts to fall, they're gonna sell because that is connected to their wealth. Mm -hmm. CryptoPunks, I believe, is a lot of the people that own CryptoPunks, and I'm even talking about like guys that purchased it recently and paid a shit ton of money Big for swinging. it. They, they made, they bought Bitcoin at probably 300 bucks. They bought ETH at $5, $15, right? So for them, like their, their cost of acquisition is pennies on the dollar. The guys that bought Bored Ape, like, and those are the same guys that are going and breaking records on Bored Ape. Right? Mm -hmm. They're not going to buy the floor. They're going to buy the rare ones. They don't care if they're paying $3 million, $5 million. But the the floor holders of the apes, yeah, they're a bunch of, you know, they're a bunch of college kids, you know, millennials, whoever it is that they got in at the right time. And I mean, that's why I think Board Ape, like, I would, like, that's why I actually think Board Ape is not bulletproof, right? right? I just think they're from a brand perspective, from a community perspective, it's, very very strong and i personally believe in, in in the brand and i think they're everything they're doing is correct and, but but look i think what's going to happen is if if there there is a lot of there's a lot of people in the crypto space mm -hmm. that are not in the nft space right and you're talking about guys that are really fucking smart 
I had a conversation with a guy the other day. He's been in the space since 2012. I was talking about NFTs. He he obviously has a wealth of knowledge, but really his knowledge is in the crypto space, right? These are the guys that are heavily invested into Bitcoin, heavily invested into Ethereum. They're invested into all the new emerging technologies, right? And they're not looking at NFTs as a whole separate. They're, it's just another avenue for them to invest. I bet that if CryptoPunk started to really, really, really slide, guys with a lot of money, you know, venture fund, venture funds, you know, whatever it is, they're going to come in and they're going to scoop those things up because they can afford to wait. They can afford to wait. And if you go and, you know, am I buying a board ape or am I buying a punk? You're going to buy a punk, man. I mean, it's you're it's 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 silly not to, right? From a cultural perspective, you're buying an ape because apes are cool. And Stanley, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, those guys are liquid, right? Those guys that got into ETH and Bitcoin in 2012, 13, 14, 15, they're liquid. So if they have, you know, 500 ETH, that they bought let's, ETH, let's do the math. Right? ETH here and there, right? Let's say somebody put 100 grand into Bitcoin in the beginning. or, or well, hold or, up, hold up, hold up. One ETH is one ETH, I keep hearing. I don't know what it means, but it sounds provocative. But, but, but it's not, right? I mean, if you bought ETH for 15 bucks, you put 100 grand into it, what is it worth today? I mean, let's do the math. Like you could go and go swing your dick, right? Like you could go and buy whatever you want to buy. It's just that simple. And there are plenty of guys. I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't know what the data on that is, but like I've heard stories, I've spoken to people, I've met people that have been buying crypto, 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 crypto. And some of those people are not even, they don't even believe in NFTs yet, right? Like they're like, we'll see what happens because we don't care. Let, let's wait until, or you know, maybe they bought one or two along the way. And maybe, maybe they're, some of them are the ones that are buying the crazy art pieces of X copy and, and, and stuff like that, right? Like they're the ones that are holding well, right? And now we're gonna get into a whole new territory. Once Coinbase opens up 16 million users, I think the floodgates and NFTs are gonna open. And- They haven't already? What? I hear that a lot, Stanley. What does that mean, the floodgates are open? Because you know, the Coinbase thing is great, right? I love it, it's great news. It's gonna bring a lot more people into it. But that doesn't mean shadowy coders, raccoons are going to be revived. No, no, not at all. But you know what it is going to do? How hard is it to open up a MetaMask wallet? Hard. We've very, learned that with our. We've learned that with our. Very, hour. very, very hard. We we spent a lot of. A hours. lot of my days spent teaching people how to open yep. up MetaMask wallet. Yep. I do not get compensated for this. I do this because out of the goodness of my heart, because I want to see friends succeed. But it's hard. But once Coinbase comes in the market, you don't have to open up a MetaMask wallet anymore. You can just go buy it right in the platform. How easy is it to open up a Coinbase account? Very easy. Very. Can I get, I have a theory. My theories are usually off, but sometimes they hit. Like they're like <laughs> NFTs with, with uh, anonymous developers. I think this whole rise of this whole new world is from the dis disenfranchised. I think this is the people that have looked at their parents. They've seen that, you know, our parents have worked hard. They've worked nine to five jobs. They're stuck burdened with debt. They have to get a college degree, which they're burdened with student loans that they can't write off. And here comes, and here's this 2008 crisis, right? Where the government bails out the rich again, GM and the banks and all those guys, all the, and here comes this new system, Bitcoin, okay? And it's like, whoa, if you're an anarchist, if you, oh, anarchist like this, not like anarchist like Triple X and Anarchy 99, you remember that movie? An anarchist like, dude, I think there should be a better world. I think there should be a financial system for us Anarchy middle. by the vandals. I know, people are gonna stop. I'm sorry, people are gonna hit stop on our show and they're gonna go buy Triple X because that's like a great recall. But 
And then, so here comes Bitcoin, you get some very early adoption. And then here comes ETH, right? And Ethereum, which is so much bigger than Bitcoin in terms of, wait, this is a whole platform. Now we have smart contracts. Now we can build on top of Ethereum. Oh, and we have ETH as like a currency. And now they start creating this whole new world, right? The metaverse. And now they start want to start collecting art and, and things in the in the metaverse. So I think like the, this community is so interesting. And I'm, I love seeing all these kids get rich because before all these kids would go to college and they would be 200K in debt. Sure. Now they go, maybe they go to college, maybe not, but they're coming out with 200K in equity. And how exciting is that for a future that we have kids that want to, because kids are our future, the kids that get to choose what they want to do instead of are forced into what they want to do. That to me is like the bigger picture. If we kind of forget about only investing. <laughs> is it still Change possible? No, is it still possible? Because <laughs> right now what Stanley's telling me is that we should have indentured servants in Philippines to make our money. Right? Like that's the future <laughs> of NFTs. I, I, I'm just saying that there's ways to make money and you have to, you have to figure out which way works for you. Here's the one thing I will say to you, right? The one, I think here's the other interesting part. You mentioned kids. Like, you know, 529 college plan, right? That everybody I know is putting away for their kids, you know, future college, right? And I don't know what the, I'm not financial. Let's quit, let's educate people on that real quick. It's a, it's a tax-free plan where out of your salary tax-free, you can put money. Yeah, in you can put it away and, and there's some percentage residuals you get every year and it gets compounded. And hopefully by the time your kids go to college, it pays for their college fund. So let's, let's, what about if we use that argument now with crypto? What about if we were putting away, you know, probably 10% of that money into crypto uh, on a weekly basis? What is that going to be worth in 18 right. years, right? Like, like I, you know, it, it, there's now just different ways to do it, right? I think traditionally, you know, when you, you start, you know, you have your IRA, right? You start your 401k, you start investing. And, and like people don't know about investing like where do you learn about investing uh, they tell you your job you know that you're gonna now have a, a 401k and and like most people don't even know what that means you're just putting money away for the future or you know if you're wealthy you start getting a little more wealth you start hiring a financial advisor but the roadmap is pretty much the same right i think now you just have different avenues of where you could do very limited amount of research and by limited i mean i don't know 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 hours worth of research and, and actually build a financial plan for you for the future. I could, I don't think I have the brain with to, you know, spend 50 hours of research on finances, on, on, on like, you know, the financial markets and have the same success I would in crypto. I, maybe I'm wrong. I, I don't know. But I don't, I, I, I just think there's, you know, Stanley, how is it any different though, right? How's it any, like people listening oh, to this and so be like, different. all right, well, people made Bitcoin. All right, fine. So people made money in crypto. People made money in ETH. People made money because they were in it and they bought it at 300 bucks and they bought sure. it at 500 bucks and they bought it even last year, Ethereum, right? But it's all, it's here now, right? And it's at a price and yes, it's at an all time high and, and right now. And the tougher part is the going forward, right? So you're, we're taking a snapshot right now. Your stuff makes sense if we're putting it in a 401k that, that it continues to go up, that those crypto punks are really going to 10x, 20x, 30x, that, that Bitcoin is going to continue to go up. It's almost like, you know, you could say the same thing for almost anything, right? If I went back in time a couple of years and bought LeBron rookie cards, if I went back in time a couple of years, I bought Netflix or Amazon stock before it turned into something that we knew was going to be here. But, but buying it now 
doesn't guarantee even a, a positive return at all going forward on any of those things. As a matter of fact, people bought into LeBron rookie cards early this year, and they got they got shellacked. They got killed, right? So, well, so maybe ten years from now they won't, right? Like I mean, it's, maybe it's maybe, that, but that. but maybe next year, you know, maybe next kind year, of- big. Go ahead, shoot, shoot, man. I mean, I'm just trying to compare it to like other investments. Well, I, I had this conversation with my mom, right? So she has a 401k at her company. She puts money in. But to me, the biggest thing is you have actually no control, right? Somebody else takes that money and puts it elsewhere. Yep. And yeah, you could call them and jump through all these hoops and things like that. But it was a system created for you to give your money to a financial advisor and he or she deploy it. Yeah, with where, limited options. I know mine has where, like five things you can invest in and that's it. Limited. And then oh, if you want to start your own brokerage, well, you have the pattern day trader rule where you can't actually day trade this because uh, if you don't have 25000 or more, you have to be an accredited investor. The markets are only open 930 to 4, which is asinine. So these, all of these kind of, and all the best trading, we've talked about this institutional trading, they do it overnight, right? So you have this system that's created to make the rich richer, the people in power more powerful. And this middle and lower class, it was really difficult for them to color up, which is one of your favorite theories, Cage. Now with crypto, yeah, not everyone's going to be a winner, but at least the opportunities there, and it's a bit of more of a playing field. Theory. Rip me apart. Tell me I'm an idiot, Stanley. I'm curious your take. No, I listen, I, I think it's just more accessible, right? Like you're able to do the research like you, you know, like, I don't know. I go to, are you picking financial advice for a financial advisor on YouTube? Never. <laughs> like Only you're not, cage. you're not. The, uh, the flip side of it is, is this, right? So here I am. Don't, don't let me, you know, throw ice water on the whole, the whole, the whole thing, right? This, if just like Stanley saying, if you pay attention, I'm not a Bitcoin expert, not at all, no. right? As a matter of fact, you can go back to some episodes of our, our little show in January, and I'm like, you got to explain Bitcoin to me like I'm three years old, right? But Andrew will tell you, I, I watch, I consume, I research, I look at charts. And this year, I bought two Bitcoin under 30000 a month and a half ago. You know, two months ago, right when I called the bottom, right, Andrew? Like legit that day, I was like, today's the bottom. I'm buying and, two. And, you got, and you got lucky. Right? Yeah, lucky. Yeah, you, lucky. You got lucky. Well, I was but watching you, the charts. I was watching the charts. Well, and I was but, watching but how Ethereum and Bitcoin kind of move with one another and holding. I'm like, okay, we just had one of those diversions between the two where I know Bitcoin is going up. Now, here's the funny thing, Stanley. Before I toot my horn too much, I paid 60000 for two Bitcoin and sold it at 73000 like a week later. So I didn't, I was, even as smart as I was to call it, I did not write it out to now and make, you know, 70 grand in two months. I held it for a week of boom, you know, like I took some profit and, and, and was done. So but, but I guess what I'm saying is, is there's right. We just have more access to data. We have more access. Like, like I, I, the way I look at it is I was really like when I started to make money, right. In, in my, in my thirties. I was like, all right, so now I have money. Now I have to figure out what do I do with this money? Yep. And I started calling financial advisors and I said, you know, I want to start investing into stocks. I want to start like, but I want to learn. Like I want to, like, I want to get an education. I don't want to just give you all my money and, and you manage my money. Cause I want to kind of understand what's going on. Like I want to be interested in it. And, and I spoke to like, I don't know, a dozen guys and none of them were really that impressive. Like I wasn't really like, and I understand why I didn't have enough money 
for them to be like, well, we're going to hold your hand through, through this process, right? It's not interesting enough to them because the money they make is like, it's, 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 it's pennies, right? Like, but, but at the same time, like even from an FT's perspective, if you talk to somebody in NFT, like I can literally reach out to the top 10 influencers, probably besides Gary, because he's busy and they'll talk to you. Like they'll help you walk you through the NFT process. Like it's, it's just, it's a more welcoming community. You can learn, you could jump into a discord, ask questions, be as dumb as you want and people will answer those questions. So Stanley, if next year the NFT market as a whole takes a 50% haircut, you think those people are still gonna be reaching out to you to help you? So I think the difference is not just accessibility. The difference is everybody you're talking about has made an absolute monstrous killing. So of course they're willing to help you. They're all sitting there swimming yeah, in a gold mean, mine like Scrooge McDuck. But I, at the same level, you know, if you go reach out to the the top investment bank and ask them to help. Because you, last year they got they killed. Last year they got killed. They're not gonna. I don't know. I want to hear from Shadowy Coder. Yeah, I've heard I've heard a few people mention that they that there's a lot of information out there. There's a lot of things you can go research when you're talking about NFT projects. I don't know if I know what you're talking about yet, because if I think about research, I think about the stock market, how you can go research the fundamentals behind each of these companies, and how you can see how their track how their stock price tracks with their earnings and things like that. That's like it's a lot more real world. There's a lot of information. There's a lot of research you can do there. But what kind of research can you do if you were trying if you were trying to predict you know, the board API club, there's no fundamentals, you know, and it's not the same, at least, you know, there's no earnings projections and things. So how is it that there is, you know, quality research that you can do in the NFT world? Good question. For, well, first of all, like I look at NFT, like I look at board API club, buying a board ape is you're, you're buying a share of a stock, right? You're, you're an investor in their company. There's 10,000 shares and you own one share. That's how I look at it. So if I'm buying this ape, am I, am I, do I believe in the founders? Do I believe in the product? Do I believe in the brand? Do I believe in, believe in the community? Like, and I'm going to invest with them like, like down the line, right? Like I believe like long-term I'm going to win, right? Like, like, and I'll answer your question in a second. Like Gary V for example, right? If Gary V came up to anybody, three years ago and said, I want you to invest into Vayner or I want you to invest into my new startup and it's going to cost you $50,000, right? People write checks left and right. They would go sell their house to go invest into Gary because they believe in Gary, right? And that's what he technically did. He said, I'm selling 10,000, you know, 10,000 NFTs. You're an investor in VFriends. You own a share of VFriends. And now people are getting tremendous returns. So that's how I look at NFTs. To answer your question, is there a way to do research about NFTs? Yes, everything is open source. The data is incredible. Like my favorite tool I use is WGMI.io. You could pull up that chart and it gives you literally, like to your point, right? We could have sat, if we were, we did the show yesterday and we talked about cool cats and cool cats were 4.8 or whatever they were. And we could have said, you know what, guys, let's all throw in, you know, 1.25. One, one guy, one scaredy cat took a wet offer of 4.8. Yeah. The floor, but, yeah, the floor was never below like five and change. But, but five and change. Let's say we all, threw in, let's all, we, we all threw in 1.25, right? E, yep. And today we could have flipped it for seven. Oh, no. The guy who bought the one for 4.8 flipped it an hour and a half later for 5.9. 
but it's exactly but that, what you're saying. It's there. But that is, but I mean, <laughs> like, look at it. Right. The data is there, there, right? Now you have to have some balls to do it, yep. right? And you got to have the ETH to do it. But yep. but the information is there. The information, like you, but it, you know, I'm sure if you don't have the day, like if you don't have the balls and day trading or buying equities or, or or bonds or whatever you're option trading, like you're not going to make money either, right? Like. You gotta be Stanley. Everybody cool. talks about like Gary and the big, you know, uh, the big come up on D friends. And I'll use that as an example just because you raised it, right? So, so if you bought into Gary's project in the beginning, you're doing fine. But if you bought into it in the week leading up to or two weeks leading up to um, his Christie's, yeah, twenty three auction, not doing fine. I agree. And you have bought any time since, or even even in the couple weeks leading up to that. You're getting shellacked. You're down can like 50%. Can I say something about that? Of course. Why? That's why that's why, why you're here. What, what, why the hell are you buying Gary's project at 23? Why? Not for the same reason. You're, that... you're buying it because of FOMO, though. You're buying it because you're, you're, the people that got shellacked were, were trying to trade it, man. They were trying to, they were trying, they thought it's going to go up, right? And they're going to flip it. There were flippers that got stuck. That's why the market came crawling craw down. How do you tell when FOMO starts and when FOMO ends? Like, if you get into CryptoPunks right now, is it FOMO? Like, did you miss? Did you miss it already? How do you know when FOMO starts? I think whoever's buying a CryptoPunk right now at a half a million dollars believes in the long term and believes it's going to be worth five million dollars. I, I don't. I don't think anybody's speculating at CryptoPunks at a half a million dollars. But that, that that happens in every industry, right? Like we just saw that this year with GameStop too, right? It was FOMO people. It I, happened- I, I lost money on it. I, I did it. We all do it, Stanley. I mean, you right before this, we were talking about people buying Mahomes cards, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm down with Mahomes cards. Yeah, but here's the difference. Too. And, and I, we were talking about cards before we started. Here's the difference. And I have a lot of money invested into Mahomes. Okay, and I bought Mahomes. Not now. I am down on Mahomes this year. Right. Here's the difference. I'm not listing any Mahomes cards. I'm, I'm not. I'm not trying to. I believe in Mahomes long term, ten plus years. Right now, in ten years, that's when I'm going to judge if I made the right decision. But that's how I buy. That's how I look at it. When I look, when I'm looking for it, I'm looking for it. Can I hold this for 10, 15, 20 years? People are looking at it as like, holy shit, I bought, you know, I bought a, something for one Eve and now it's down to 0.8. So I'm going to sell it. What? Listen, it, 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 you're 100% right. I mean, there are projects out there that, you know, that promise the world, they promise difference. And, you know, they don't even sell that many. And yet after four or five weeks, people are, uh, oh my God. Where's the value? Where's the mm-hmm. value? It's been it's been five whole weeks. So so Where's I the follow, value in this. Like, I, I follow some. Weeks? I forgot who was on Instagram, but somebody posted they were doing a it was like a clothing brand, and they were doing a sale, and you know I think they sold something for twenty bucks, and then like the next week the item was fifteen dollars, and somebody wrote in and said, you know, can I have the five dollar difference because now you're selling the item for five dollars cheaper? That's how I look at like you know people that are. Comp- that are complaining about something going down, right? Like you're you're not ready to buy or invest, right? You you're making a financial investment. You you have to really believe in it. You have to really love it, and you have to be able to hold it. Now, if you're doing it to flip, then you should be able to take the punch in the eye, right? And you take the black eye and you move on to the next one, and you move on to the next one. And That's by the it. way, I love that take because I have taken plenty of losses this year. And and, and and you have to say that. And Stanley has, and he comes on and he says it, right? So it's not, this space is not 
oh, we're all geniuses. Let's get on here and talk because we all just made wins, right? We all just, ah, we just, I got a guaranteed way to make money. Okay, that was an interesting one. But it's not go out there and, and, and mint something right now today with gas prices as crazy as they are. Just pick it because, well, you know, everybody loves llamas. So, you know, get on the, uh, you know, get on the lovable llama train, everyone. You know, it's got a pretty cool discord. No, chances are you are going to lose your shorts. So, and here, here's the other question that I would ask, right? Like, so right now where people are like, well, NFTs are down, right? You can look at it a couple of different ways. You can look at it as far as saying, buy the dip, right? Mm-hmm. What can I buy right now that I believe could be up in whatever, three months, six months, a year, whatever it is. Or what else can I look into, right? Like, like I think people like, like, like Solerna, for example, right? Like Solerna's hot right now. Yep. We should have been buying Solerna a month ago. The smart people were, because they were predicting what's next. They were predicting what's next. I think what happens is people, they get in too late. Why? I don't know. They're afraid to pull the trigger, right? Uh, it, 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 it happens to the best of us, right? But you gotta you gotta think about what's next. What's what's gonna be what's next gonna pop? Let's look at NFTs. Let's let's talk about NFTs. I mm-hmm. one of the main reasons my second NFT I ever purchased was a Zedron horse. I believe Zedron is the one of the best NFTs out there. Why? Because it has utility. It makes sense to me, right? It's gonna be here 10, 15, 20 years down the line. You're gonna walk into a casino and bet on Zedron probably in the next three to five years. So what I do, I bought really valuable horses. I'm not breeding them. I'm not racing them. I'm holding them. I'm getting zero return on my investment. I'm holding it long-term. That's the strategy I'm taking. Now I could go and buy a bunch of horses and race them and say, I'm not making any money, right? I'm not I'm not picking any winners and, and Zed sucks because that's what that's how people, you know, that's, that's how people are, are looking at it. It's an incredible point. I mean, with with Zedron, guys, if you don't know, and correct me if I'm wrong here. So it's an Australian founder who wanted to, I mean, horse racing is like one of the first, first sports in like history, right? We were, it's it's the first thing we used to gamble on. He was like, let's have these digital horses. You own a horse and you can race it and earn kind of like a commission and and money and bonuses, right? From You can race it for money. You you, race it for money. As an owner, you put in money. Everybody throws in whatever, five bucks each into a pod. And the winner, you know, there's first, second, third place, and they get paid out. Here's what's something that I've noticed. And Warren Buffett does this, right? He invests in dividend stocks. He does so because, and in my opinion, when you have cash flow coming in, you're less likely to have to sell, right? You typically sell or have paper hands when you have no money coming in and this asset's dropping and you need cash. So with a utility like Zebra, it's so fascinating finding ways to add cash flow back into your portfolio without having to sell is the unlock. Now there's a million ways to do this. You could find a part-time job, you could do consulting on the side, you could invest in things that have dividends or cash flow or utility, but it's changed my game. When I no longer relied on my investments to live off of, and I was like, I have cash flow here, this is just money I put away, it gives you peace of mind because then you could sell on your own terms versus on the market's terms. 100%. 100%. But, but there's other opportunities that I don't know about, you don't know about, that, that are being built right now. I mean, and, and look, I think that I think that you have to try to figure it out if you are in, 
The one thing I really love about the space, it is really fucking fun, right? Your community is awesome. Uh, we're talking about playing video games for money, huh? Like, <laughs> like that is that is you know you're talking about collecting art and 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 like like cards, like like it's fun, like it's it's interesting. Like stocks to me are not interesting. I'm not a numbers guy. It doesn't it doesn't talk to me, right? It is interesting for me. Like I like art. It's cool. Like that to me. And I could have a conversation with somebody about it, and they could tell me, "Listen, I'm going to make this investment, and it's going to give me seven percent returns for you know the X amount of years." And I'm going to say, "I like that's cool too. Like I get it. I, I'm about diversifying, but I don't know. Is real estate as much fun as NFTs and cards? I don't think so. But don't get me wrong. I love real estate, right? Like, but I think that's where now you can invest, right? Like even in real estate now we have platforms where you could put up money and you get a you know 10 15% return on your money over the course of whatever it is right like that exists now that didn't exist 5 10 years ago like you could do that now like they're going to start they're going to start tokenizing really high end properties too right because you know in real estate it's not just about it's where you buy like if you could invest in Santa Monica or Fifth Avenue in New York you want that asset but most people can't and if you tokenize it and let the community invest in a portion of that it's going to be super cool. Uh Cage, any final questions? I want to ask Stanley about, you know, go to the uh you know, how can our community support what you're up to? Talk a little go bit to about the metaverse. This. Yeah, man. Talk no, I, I love this stuff, man. Stanley, you know what it is? It's it's there's not a um it's optimism, but not like a drunken optimism. There's a lot of like drunken optimism in the NFT space. It's like we're all going to make it. Just buy another like, you know, uh squirrely squirrel. And so you don't like wag me next week? You're you know not, what I mean? No, fan, that's fan. fine. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with good morning. I'm okay with that too. But you have to temper it. Right? You have to realize <laughs> okay that it's gonna, you know, it's gonna be, it's gonna, you know, it's gotta be. You have to still not lose the forest for the trees, you know. You and, and you do. You're listen. Somebody texted me the other day and said, and I don't want to call out the project, but did you see the founder of this project at NFT NYC? You know, drunk, like jumping off the stage. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, yeah, it's a 22 year old kid who's an artist who started this project. Yeah, like it could go down south. Like, I mean, but, but I think everybody understands that, right? And if you don't understand that, you need to have a hard look in the mirror and say, like, do I really get, right? Or, or maybe I need to flip my way into a blue chip project that I can hold long term. That's not gonna fuck it up, right? Like, you know, like. Did they catch him when he jumped off stage? Did they catch him when he jumped off stage? He's dead. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> uh, no, but I mean, like, but yeah, that's it, it's it's the same thing of like if you're making a financial base investment to a startup. How many startups succeed? One out of ten. Yeah. No, I mean, and that's that's why I love having you on, Stanley, and that guy who jumped. I think he was okay. He jumped out in NYC NFT. He jumped out into a, a room full of jungle freaks. And everybody thought he was going to be okay, but then the floor fell out on him. So he just kept falling. It's no good. Yeah, jokes in the metaverse are just not that funny. Go for it, my friend. Go ahead. What do you want to ask him about the goats, Andrew? Well, t- t- talk to us. So, I mean, I-, I think you have the best backdrop in the game. Talk to us about go- goats only. How can people support? Um... So goats only. So it's a little confusing. So goats only is my company. I mean, 
we invest into collectibles and and in the NFT space. Uh, we are going to be launching our own NFT in 2022, uh, which I'm sure I'll come back on and give you guys some more input on it once we launch. Uh, and go to the metaverse is a show, weekly show about NFTs. You can find us on YouTube on podcast. Uh, me and my co-host Yasi, he has a fund in the space. Uh, we talk about what's happening on a weekly basis at NFTs. We bring on interesting guests, founders of projects to talk about projects. Um, and we just try to hey, give an update of like, Hey, here's what's going on. Here's what projects we like. Here's why we like them. Here's why we don't like them. Uh, we also have something called the goat vault where we actually purchased NFTs with our own money and threw it in the vault. Once we hit 5,000 subscribers on YouTube, we're going to open up the vault. If you're a subscriber, you're going to win some of the NFTs in our vault. And right now we're over 50 grand in the vault. Cash money obviously goes up and down depending on the value of the NFT market. And yeah, it was kind of like, just like you guys, like it was a way for us to kind of talk about the space and educate people about the space. And, you know, for me, I just love getting DMs from old friends and people that are like, Hey, like, it's so good to learn about it. Right. It's, I'm not like, not charging a commission, right? Like there's, there's no financial incentive for me, but it's like the more people we could bring into the space to can learn about it and they could get into it and hopefully make some right buys, right? Hopefully they can make some money and, you know, maybe put it away for their kids college fund, right? Like, and that's, I think the other thing, like nobody's going to be like, don't sell, hold, hold, you know, diamond hands. Like I, I, I think do what makes the right financial sense for you. And, when people say, well, how much should I spend? Whatever you feel comfortable spending. Like, like that's the other, don't buy it if you don't believe in it. Don't like, it. don't, you have to really like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what your financial situation is. Like, you have to, you have to vibe with the project. I agree. Like, yeah, I that like, should be like, number one. Like literally I bought this artist I came across on Instagram. I bought his art. It was, you know, a few hundred bucks. And then like one of my other buddies was like, well, I want to buy some projects for a few hundred bucks and I recommended his artwork. And I was like, Hey, it's a young up and coming artist. I think he's cool. Here's his artwork. And he's like, well, when is this going to go up? I'm like, I, I don't know. <laughs> like, like I, I don't, it might never go up. Right. But if you want to buy, like, if you want to get into NFTs, you know, I think 200 bucks is not life changing money. Uh, hopefully for, for most. Right. And it, it might be a good way to test the waters and, and it's artwork that you own right in the digital space but even like like think about what's going to happen and we're seeing this now right like like it would be cool to have a piece of digital art on your wall right like the technology is there they're already making frames and and i think i think within the next couple of years that's just going to be normal you're going to walk into an office somebody's house there's going to be tv looking screen and you're going to see some cool artwork on it and you actually own it instead of you know stealing like a backdrop from somewhere else I, I like the tangible prints of the crypto punks. Like I see some of my favorite uh, YouTube channels. I think Bankless is one where they have kind of like the, the canvas backdrop in like, you know, a few minutes, like what's the metaverse, right? Like, can you, can you, and I don't mean to put you on the spot because I think we don't all know. I think we're just trusting Zuckerberg, right? He's here, here, here he is. He created the first Tinder, Facebook, and now we're, he's creating our metaverse. He's basically in charge of everything we do. Well, I don't, I don't think Zuckerberg I mean, I don't think Zuckerberg created the metaverse. I think, I think 
first of all, I think it's genius that they changed their name to Meta. Um, and I, I wouldn't bet against, I, I wouldn't bet against Zuckerberg. I mean, everyone said he's crazy about buying Instagram. Everyone said he's crazy <laughs> starting Facebook, buying Instagram and WhatsApp. I, I think so far he's made all the right decisions. Um, look, Oculus I do. Oculus too, right. I think the metaverse is going to be, there's going to be a point in time, which is coming very soon, that you're probably going to go and put on your, you know, glasses, Oculus glasses or whatever they are. And you're going to walk down Times Square or the beach, the, 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 the virtual beach in Miami, wherever it is. And there's going to be stores, there's going to be games. There's going to be, you know, things that you could buy. And that's just kind of going to be the new normal, right? Uh, are people going to be coming out of their houses and going out to restaurants and doing things like that? Yeah, I think so. But I also think there's going to be some combination of that. And maybe you go to a bar and you put on your 3D glasses and you play a video game while you're having a beer. I, I, I think yeah. everything's possible, right? I, 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 I do, I do think that the younger generation, like, like, you know, I know KH has kids. They don't watch TV, they watch YouTube. Yeah, and I don't even want to leave my house. No, I mean, now, now I'm good. Think of like, leaving. like, think about that. They, they watch YouTube. Like, I remember when a buddy of mine canceled cable and said, I'm not getting cable. Yeah. And we made fun of him for so long. We're like, what's wrong with you? I, I don't have cable anymore. I mean, I have some streaming, you know, YouTube TV or whatever it is, but it's going to come like, the cable is almost obsolete, right? Like now we have streaming services. It's soon, maybe everything's going to be through YouTube, right? Like, like soon, maybe everything's going to be done in the metaverse where you're just going to go to a movie theater with your glasses on and watch that, that movie, you know, daytime, daytime cable from the nineties. Like when you would stay home from school and like, you'd have to watch like Mario Povich or like Mario, yeah. like Jerry Springer. That's all time, man. I, I, if I could go back to those days, Cage, what was your show of choice? Like if you you called out sick from work or you, you were in school, you're not that old. What was your daytime show of choice? Uh, I don't have one. The price <laughs> is right. The price is right. Was but, but think about like back in the day, right? You, you had to go like to the video store and rent the video. Yeah. Right. And like when, like, like Dude, it's cool. movie theaters are disgusting. But, but look, how, how many you, you years just, ago? You just got me into the metaverse. You know, if I were to buy an Oculus, if I could walk my Oculus to the AMC theater and, and have to have like a token or have to have an NFT to, to get into AMC and a token for a specific movie to watch a movie, that's a way for them to preserve movies at theaters only. But you still have your fat ass on your couch. Yeah. You know how they had to during COVID make it movie theater only or movie theater and on HBO Max. Yeah, look. Like, I mean, that's pretty they, smart, can you, they could send you your popcorn, right? AMC can now become a popcorn company or a nacho company, and they're going to send you a package, which is going to get delivered by Amazon in two hours. And <laughs> yeah, you're my gonna, drone. yeah, I mean, but listen, it's not that far. It's it's, it's all there, right? Like, it, it, and there's a lot of smart people who are going to figure out how to put it all together. I mean, they're doing it right now. Look, Nike's filing seven patents to get into the metaverse. Like, all these people, they, you know, it's here. Right, it, it's going to take time to adapt. But let's go back. Do you do you guys remember when Facebook came out? Yeah, right, Cage does. He was one of the first on it. 
Okay, so so you remember? Or do you did you think when you were on Facebook that your mother would be on Facebook and your grandmother would be on Facebook? No, because it was a college platform, right? Like like it was for you to hang out with your college friends. But now yeah, it's a it's platform a to adapt, though. I mean, like it, like everybody is very fast forward on stuff. I will tell you, I like where you're going with it, but like everyone's like, oh well, buy a monkey. Because the metaverse is coming, and you're gonna want to. Oh, I don't think I buy a monkey. You know, like I, I, I mean, I implore people to go back and watch the movie Lawnmower Man. Right, that was all about virtual reality in the '90s. Right, they had headsets. They were in the virtual reality world. I mean, the virtual reality, the the thought of putting on headsets and being in virtual reality has legit been around for decades. It's never actually come to fruition. And it will in the next. Ten years, right? What? What? Five years, ten years, fifteen years? It, it, it's gonna happen. The one thing I'll say about the monkey, and this is like the reason I bought an ape was very simple. I own my ape. I, the, the thought of that just made a lot of sense to me. In my mind, I said it's only a matter of time before LeBron James, Nike, Louis Vuitton, somebody buys this ape and makes it into a clothing brand. Agreed. Like a like a supreme type of collab. Right? Yeah, supreme, supreme collab, supreme and board ape collab. And what does that mean? I own a piece of that. Now I don't physically own it because they're not using my ape, right? But the that I own stock in it, right? So now it drives up the stock of my ape. And to me, that that made sense. That that's why I was sold on it. Uh, whereas you know most of these NFTs, you actually don't own them. You don't own the rights to your crypto punk. You don't own commercial rights to it. Apes like do whatever you want with it. Go build like you could go build, you know, a hundred-story building, and it could look like your ape. Like, go use go use our IP. Go use our intellectual property. Yeah, it's fun. It seems it seems stupid now, but like if we're talking like Disney, like imagine Disney allowed you to use like Beauty and the Beast or some of the stuff that you own. Uh, I mean, Lizzie McGuire show for you, or that's a Raven Cage. Uh, I was more of like the Brink guy or whatever, but Luca, I mean, not Luca Nation, Crypto Casuals, you see, Crypto Casuals, another episode, I love these, I hope you guys do too, let us know, I mean, they're just, I mean, there's different shows out there, these are very conversational, if you guys want us to have a bit more of a format, we can go that route, but I thought in the beginning, you know, for the first year of the show, why not just record the conversations we have behind the scenes, put them out there, you guys make your own conclusions, and, and then go from there. So I, I think there is value if you guys have an hour, uh, have some laughs, have some jokes, listen to some NFT stuff, and uh, we'll go from there. So hope you enjoyed this episode. Stanley Mayton, goats only. You can follow him. We'll, we'll post this up. Make and sure take to a look at the Goats in the Metaverse YouTube show. With, Yo, uh, to subscribe. Yeah. Hopefully, you guys win one of our uh, NFTs. We got a cool cat in there. Smash that subscribe cool button. Not smashy, a smash, cool smash. Nice cool cat. Smashy. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't go anywhere just yet. We've got a new segment I want to introduce to everybody. I'm going to sprinkle these in every so often after each of our episodes. Um, we're going to talk about, I don't know, whenever I feel like we maybe have said something wrong during the broadcast, maybe we didn't get to dive deep enough into any information. I'm going to include little segments like this to hopefully try and give you just a little bit more actionable information for when you're moving through the world, through the metaverse, I guess we say. So a couple things I want to talk about today. One of them is going to be the, uh, well, the fact that CryptoPunks were not actually the first 
NFT. I'm sure probably a lot of you caught that. So I want to dive a little bit deeper into that and correct that statement. Second, we're going to talk about Axie Infinity, what the heck that is. Third, we can go ahead and talk about Zed Run. And fourth, if we have the time, this is a long topic, so maybe we get into a little bit, maybe not. But I'm really interested in how to create, how to perform your own market research when it comes to buying NFTs. Um, there's a lot more resources out there about how to do your market research for traditional stocks and other investment types, but not for NFTs yet. It's kind of uncharted. There's kind of less information you can use. But anyway, we'll get into that later if we have the time. First things first, I want to talk about CryptoPunks. So you heard our guest say that CryptoPunks were the first NFT. I think he meant something a little bit more along the lines of CryptoPunks were the first Ethereum blockchain NFT to get really popular because that's true. They've blown up pretty well. Let me give you a quick screen share and show you what the um, OpenSea page for CryptoPunks looks like. So you've seen these faces a ton. I'm sure they're pretty familiar by now. Let me just highlight this. This floor price, it doesn't exist. Dash, dash, dash. That's in, in fact, this is the only project that I've ever seen. I think it's the only project that exists that has no floor price right now. Um, it's quite an achievement actually, because what it means is that there are no CryptoPunks for sale. Um, there is no floor, none are for sale. All 10,000 CryptoPunks are being hodled right now. Um, I can show it to you by buy now. Look at this, no items to display, kind of crazy. But instead of finding a floor price, let's just go find, oh, look at this. This CryptoPunk just sold in the last half hour. Um, so, so it sold for 104 Ether, which is about $460,000, $70,000. Pretty good chunk of money. I think this counts as blowing up. Um, pretty cool. NFT as well. I like the Mohawk with the pirate eye patch and the five block shadow. I would have bought this guy. I don't have that much money, but I would have. Anyway, so keep it short. CryptoPunks, not the first NFT. If you want to know what the first NFT is, it was actually this guy. This guy's called Quantum. This guy is from back in 2014. So it predates it predates CryptoPunks by three years. CryptoPunks came out in 2017. This this quantum NFT actually predates OpenSea by three years, and it predates the Ethereum blockchain by another year as well. So if you're looking for this, you won't find it on OpenSea. You won't find it on the Ethereum blockchain. It's actually on the Namecoin blockchain. And recently it sold on auction for about $7 million. So that just clears that up. CryptoPunks were the first you know mainstream NFT, but if you're really wondering what the first actual NFT was, it's this guy. Quantum. All right, so we've killed that horse. Moving on. Next things next. Let's talk about let's talk about Axie Infinity. So I, I don't actually want to get too into Axie Infinity. Um, it, it really piqued my interest at first when our guest mentioned how it was guaranteed money. But I did a little research. It's really not for me. Uh, but I still want to share what I've learned. Tell you a little bit more about it so that you know if you want to go dig a little deeper. If you want to you know, explore this world, or maybe this is enough for to tell you that you're not interested too. Either way, we win. So let me tell you, I'm going to share my screen and show you what the website looks like for Axie Infinity in axieinfinity.com. This guy right here, there's a little white paper you can read if you're curious to know more. 
but in general um and maybe a little bit too reductive is to say that it's kind of like pokemon where you got to buy each of your individual monsters and each monster has its own you know we its own kind of attacks its own power its own weaknesses and strengths you can level them up you can give them potions and things but basically you've got to buy a couple of these axes to create your team and then once you have your team that's how you can start earning your money there's a couple different ways to earn your money we'll scroll down a little bit farther on the page you can either Use your team in the environment, in the adventure mode, and complete events and things like that to earn a little bit of money. You can also use your team to battle against other people's teams. You can battle other people. When you win, you earn money. When you lose, you don't actually earn it. You don't actually lose any money, which is interesting. Um, a third thing you can do is you can breed. You you buy your SLP, your, your smooth love potions, and then you can breed your axes together. You can create new axes. Those new axes can be sold on the secondary market, um, which 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 leads me to something. I want to show you what the Axie Infinity OpenSea page looks like. Um, so first you'll notice there's 283,000 items. So this isn't one of your typical NFTs that you might be used to so far in this space. This The value here is not determined by, it's not determined so much by supply and demand. Typically, you'd see maybe a mint cap of 10,000 NFTs, but here the supply is nearly unlimited. So it's not the same kind of value calculation that you would use for a supply demand kind of NFT. This is a game NFT. You make your money by playing the game. Maybe you resell your, your Axie for later for more money or whatever, but you, you make your money playing the game. Um, and real quick side note, just because I think it's funny and because I have to eat my words and I kind of get a crack out of that when I do. Remember how I was talking about the CryptoPunks having, you know, a blank floor price? Well, here's an interesting other example. Axie Infinity also has no floor price. This one's for a different reason, though. This one is because the floor um, doesn't exist. But that's because none of these axes are being sold on, on OpenSea anymore. Actually, this, all of these axes have been migrated over to a different wallet, a different marketplace, something called a Ronin wallet. So if you're interested in getting involved, you don't go buy your axes through OpenSea. It just won't be possible. You're either going to have to go get your own Ronin wallet, or you can log into their website and start buying through here. That's that's a little bit about that. Um, the fourth way you can make money is by just logging in every day. It's kind of simple. You just log in, do something, and then you get paid out 150 SLP. So what is an SLP? An SLP is the native coin on Axie Infinity. Let me show you the coinmarketcap.com website shows you that one smooth love potion, you know, one SLP is worth 7.8 cents. And if you log in every day, 150 SLP is going to earn you $11, $12 every day. So you can slowly, slowly earn your money back, earn your money back. It's definitely possible. You know, he was right. There is guaranteed money here if you're willing to put the time in. The, the catch though, you know, a little bit of a catch is there's a little bit of an upfront cost in order to buy all of your axes. You're going to need, you know, bare, bare minimum $500. You're probably really actually looking at maybe $1,500 in order to get a decent team that can actually compete and earn money faster. So consider that $1,500 to get in. It'll take you some, some time to earn it back, but you can earn it back through adventures, arena battles and breeding and all that stuff. Um, but this this money thing really had me thinking because 
Like, I was worried that this game... You know, it, it seems too good to be true for everyone just to be getting money paid out to them every time. You know, like I said, if you lose an arena battle, you don't lose any money. Like, so, so where is this money coming from? It feels like it's just too good to be true. Um, and, you know, and that's because this, this, it is a little bit, right? There, there are certainly ways you can lose money here. You know, in fact, it's, it is a zero-sum game. So any money that you are earning, someone else is losing somehow in whatever way. They're not actually losing it. They're just spending it, I guess, right? So it is a zero-sum game. There is potential to lose money. Um, you're going to put some initial investment in when you buy your axes, right? And things like that. So so just watch out. It's it's really not like... You know, there's no advertising in this Axie world. So it's not like you are earning advertisers' money. You're not even earning, you know, the Axie Infinity Company's money. You're, you are earning another player's money. So so when you earn money, someone else loses it. So, so it is a zero-sum game. Just watch out for that. But again, there, it does make sense, you know. I can agree with what he said. It's guaranteed money if you have the time to put into it. And that's what brings us to what he was mentioning, which is these, these scholarships. And the scholarship kind of... it. You know, there are some people in the world who have lots of money and no time. There are some people in the world who have no money and lots of time. And the scholarship brings those two kinds of people together where someone with money will buy, you know, put the funds up to buy a good team, and then we'll hand that team over to someone who will actually use that team and compete with it every day. And that's where the money sharing is. And I looked a little bit into this. The, the scholarships do seem legit. The contracts seem legit. So if that's something you're interested in, you know, it's it does seem somewhat safer than I first expected it to look. So maybe you're interested, maybe you're not, but there is potential to earn some money. And that's just a brief overview of what Axie Infinity is. Go back to YouTube and do a little bit more research if you're still interested. Go read this white paper if you're a little more interested. Go read about these scholarships if you're still more interested. Um, there's there's certainly some money to be made here. And it, you know what? It looks like a fun way to do it, too. It's a little bit more fun than just buying and holding an NFT. You get to buy and play and hold your NFT. So those are my So Zed Run. Let's talk about Zed Run. I hadn't heard of it before, before our guest mentioned it. So I went and did a little research. If you're interested too, I'll share it with you now. I'll let you know what kind of just the basics of what Zed Run is. It'll give you a taste to see whether or not you're interested or whether you can just let this project go. But let me first show you what Zed Run looks like. It is, it's a horse racing platform. It's, it's blockchain horse racing where each of these horses is its own individual NFT. And so there are owners who, who go out and buy these NFTs and then, you know, this takes us into the money portion of it. There's a couple things that are upfront cost. And there's a couple ways that you can earn money. The two upfront costs are one, you have to go buy your horses. We can talk about how much they cost in a second. And then two is entrance fees for each of these races. There's a, there's a small fee in order to put your horse into each of these races. It'll range somewhere between two and $150. So budget for about 15 maybe $20 for when you're starting out with, you know, mid, lower, lower end horses. That's the, that's where your money expenditures are. And then the way you earn money is, is by winning these races. So the top three horses for each race get some of the prize money back. You know, 
60 percent of the prize purse goes to the first place horse 25 the prize purse goes to the second and 15 percent goes to the third everyone below that they lose their entrance fee they lose whatever money they put in whether it's two ten fifteen hundred fifty dollars so that's how you lose money and also just be aware like this is another zero-sum game the you know it's it's almost negative sum game too because the developers are taking some money off the top through each of these transactions so the, the money you earn is is money somebody else lost right so just be careful because that person that's losing money could be you too so just know that the nice thing to know about this though that there is some level of strategy you can employ because you do know if your horse for example, you know, prefers a certain race distance and you do know the fatigability of your horse and you know a couple other things that help you gauge its ability relative to other horses. So you can kind of curate which races and which horses you compete against in order to increase your odds. So that's a good sign. But at the same time, you know, on a basic level, it still is some form of gambling. And if that's what you're interested in, this is a great place to go have some fun, learn a little thing and have some, you know, make some money. But let's take us over to Zed Run right now as well on OpenSea. This is their page. If you're interested in getting started, you can go buy horses here. And then what you do is you attach your MetaMask wallet to the Zed Run website that we were just on. And you can buy your horse here. It looks like the floor price, floor price is 0.012 Ether. You know, I don't recommend buying that horse. It's obviously not done very well in its races. So let that one go. It'll just suck your money and won't pay you back anything. Um, the other thing worth mentioning here is there are 143,000 horses that exist. You know, this is another project just like Axie Infinity where there's, you know, like there's no upper limit on the supply. So this, the way you earn your money here is it's not like these typical NFTs that have 10,000, you know, limited mint. There's no supply and demand curve that we're solving for here. This, this supply is nearly limitless, so the way you earn your money is through playing the game. And if you're interested in playing the game, again, check it out, zed.run. This is where everything you need is to get started and have a little bit of fun. So let's call that the conclusion for today. I know I talked about topic number four, which was to get deeper into how we all pick which NFTs we want to invest in. Frankly, that's just too long of a conversation to have, and we've already gone a little bit over time. So I'm going to save that for another day. It's really important, and I want to give it lots of time and attention. So I'm probably just going to make an entire new episode out of it and leave it for then. But for now, I hope you got something out of this conversation. Just something to help you, I don't know, move through this world a little bit more informed. Get some little actionable insights on you know what your next move is when you're investing your money as always be safe out there learn study make sure you're making good decisions and have a little fun so again thank you for being here with us don't forget to like share subscribe all those things are really important feedback for us don't forget to comment tell us what things you're interested in what questions are on your mind difficult conversations you're having with your friends all of that stuff helps us help you so let us know and love much love thank you guys talk to you later